I should really open more episodes with me just taking a fat bong rip. Because why? Why don't I? For, like, me sitting here high and talking about wrestling, I don't take enough bong rips on air. Which will change, because I feel like that's a proper way to introduce the show. I had been thinking of, like, ways to introduce the show, like, come up with theme music and shit. Like, you already know I have that transition sound, but, like, not really. Like, I am creative to an extent. Like, I, I, I have my limits when it comes to creativity. Because not only am I limited in ideas, I'm also limited in time in which how long it took me to realize I can just open my episodes with a bong rip. 18. We're on episode 18 now. God, I am choking on my own spit. Sorry. But yeah, we're on episode 18 now. To be 18 episodes to realize I could just fucking start episodes with a bong rip. And we could just get right into the shit. Um... But yeah, welcome to episode 18 of the High Wrestling Podcast. I don't really know what the fuck I took a bong rip of, per se, because I've gotten in the habit of just grinding up weed and then, like, leaving it on my rolling tray. And then when I go to smoke it again the next day, I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't remember what it is, you know? So, um, yeah. High Wrestling Podcast, if you're new to this... I get really fucking high and talk about wrestling. I just keep it simple over here. Short, sweet, to the point. All shot, no chaser. Right? Get really fucking stoned. Talk about wrestling. Um, sometimes I go on like high rambles, high tangents. Um, sometimes I plug my other shit. I also do tarot on the side. I plug that here and there. Um, I review shit from time to time. Like, I think I gave a mini-review of the, uh, not the Bob's Burgers movie. I plan to see that soon. Maybe this weekend. I don't know. Um, but Doctor Strange reviewed that at a point. Um, yeah. So, it's, it's a miscellaneous ride, if you're new here. But, ultimately, I just get really high as fuck and talk about wrestling. Like... Based off of what's in front of me, I believe I am smoking Gelato 41. I have also been puffing on my Stizzy throughout the day, which, I'll be honest, in terms of weed preferences, because I don't think I've ever, like, discussed my weed preferences as a stoner and as someone who works in the cannabis industry, um, I prefer flour above anything. Like, I go through phases where I will dab over flour, but at the end of the day, there's nothing better than just coming home and taking one fat rip all the way through. Like, I I used to corner my bowls, and if you can't tell, I prefer to smoke from a bong because it is the most... Um, personal energy efficient way for me to smoke. It's not that I don't know how to roll. 
is that I don't really feel like taking the time to roll when it could take me half the time to pack a bowl and it's less harsh than a pipe because I used to love smoking from my pipe but like smoking from a pipe just does shit to your throat that I don't really appreciate it fucking hurts um but yeah obviously I prefer a bong um used to corner my bowls but I got to a point where I just have to fucking cherry the whole thing out just one go because I think you get the full effect like I'm not saying that I've completely stopped cornering cornering my bowls because like if I want to smoke throughout the day I'm not gonna corner my bowl but when I do this podcast I do straight rips snaps I snaps at least that's what we call it in California because weed is legal over here but I just take a straight snap which is I did two of them before I started recording um yeah but yeah back to what I was smoking gelato 41 I believe that is definitely what I'm smoking on because it's the same effect as the last time I smoked it. So it's the Gelato 41. Um, I got a whole lot of shit to talk about that's not weed related. Um, by the way, I'm over 21 and I live in California, so I guess it's legal for me to do this shit. I don't fucking know. I just say that disclaimer to be safe. Uh, I, I have proof if need be, if the time comes, I could I could prove this and dispute any claims, but as of right now, I am my own I am my own disclaimer. So, um <clears throat> let's just get into what why you're really here. Um I'm going to talk about the dynamite from this Wednesday because if you haven't noticed, I switched to doing episodes weekly because I have the time and energy to do it and waiting every two weeks was just starting to put a lot of pressure on my brain. I think we've had this conversation before, but for those that are new, um, yeah. So, I don't really plan, I mean, I am going to watch Rampage tonight, but, uh, there's not a lot that happens on Rampage that I feel is necessary and worth discussing. But, um, next week, possibly, we will discuss Rampage, because on my way home, or not on my way home, like, right when I parked, I just went on Twitter to decompress after work, and I saw that CM Punk is making a career-altering announcement, and I kind of just took a deep breath, because there are so many directions that can go in, that... Either way, I just am not prepared for. Like, there's a meme of Keanu Reeves with his eyes closed sitting at a table, and it just says, let me relax, I will comment later, in, like, big text above his head. And um, that's just how I felt after reading that, because it could be a multitude of things. It could be a multitude of things, and I've narrowed it down to three possible outcomes. One, 
We get a repeat of him winning the championship and walking out on yet another company. Two, it is a... What's what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to use the word that I'm not looking for. It is promo for Forbidden Door. Because he already teased... He already teased, like... Or not teased, because it was just a straight, like, Hey, this is who you're facing at Forbidden Door. It was already set up in front of our faces. Like, they already set up the Forbidden Door. So it could be more hype for Forbidden Door. He could be, like, maybe putting his career on the line at Forbidden Door. I don't know. Um... Or it could be more build-up to whatever the fuck is going on with MJF because there was that video of him like coming to the ring after they cut MJF's mic. So it could those are the three scenarios that seem the most realistic, but until it actually happens, I don't want to continue to theorize shit. Um, but, yeah, let's just get into it, because I want to do the transition noise thing. So, I am just going to discuss the Dynamite after Double or Nothing, the post-Double or Nothing fallout, if you will. Um... This was the show that I was almost going to be at, but in retrospect, and to be super fucking realistic, I probably would have hated the experience. And I don't mean the experience of being at an AEW show, but I mean... The experience of traveling. The realities of traveling. I'm kind of glad that I avoided the realities of traveling. Because it's not that I didn't want to go. And it's not that I didn't want to avoid the realities of traveling. Like that, The realities of traveling settled in when I was watching the episode because I was like, damn. That would have probably been a lot. That would have probably probably been so fucking exhausting. Right? And not only that, my car registration was due this month, so I would have felt guilty if I had spent my paycheck on the show versus, like, putting it towards my car registration. And it's not that I'm not smart with money, it's just... I truly prioritize my bills over anything and everything else. So, there would have been some panic there. Yeah. So, reality won in the end. But if they ever come back to the West Coast and they have a show in Northern California, hopefully, I'll make it to that one. But, um... Next time. Sum it all up next time. Because 
yeah. Um, but otherwise, I really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed it. Um, probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more had I been there, but I'm kind of grateful that I avoided a lot of headaches, most likely. Um... There's a lot going on in AEW, and I am so fucking overwhelmed. Like, in terms of storylines and shit, everything seems up in the air, and I feel that way after every fucking pay-per-view. Because it's so much build-up towards the pay-per-view. Because they only have four pay-per-views a year. Then the pay-per-view happens, and they fucking deliver, and it's a lot at once. And it's also super fucking long. On top of that. And then the fallout, there's still like so much happening. Like rampages tonight. And that that's that's a lot. Because fuck, cause CM Punk said he was gonna make an announcement and I've I've narrowed it down to three possibilities of what this announcement could be could be a repeat of him just walking out on the company after he wins the title more forbidden door hype like he could put his career on the line at forbidden door or it could be connected to whatever the fuck is going on with MJF because there was a video of him storming the ring after um, they cut MJF's mic and cut the feed. So who knows? Who truly knows? Um, but I will be very happy if CM Punk and FTR are the first or the inaugural trios tag title winners because I, I I love this alliance I love this combination this is probably the best fucking thing that could have happened um and I will say that in light of Forbidden Door it is reigniting that short period in 2017, where I was watching old New Japan Pro Wrestling on YouTube. So, when I say that I know nothing about New Japan Pro Wrestling, I am not completely uncultured. It's just, I have not kept up with it since 2017. And so, Forbidden Door really is reigniting those that interest in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I mainly only keep up with it, like, on Twitter. I just... I don't put enough effort into actually watching it. I don't put as... I don't put enough effort as I should into actually watching it. But I definitely will be watching Forbidden Door because... I really do want to see Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I want to see if any other wrestlers I remember from 2017... I love when you smoke and, like, all of a sudden your allergies start acting up. It's beautiful. Um, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for Forbidden Door. Um, that was really loud. Um, now, MJF's promo 
in my opinion, it truly, truly solidified his character. And I thought it was a good promo just in general because never have I ever seen a promo like that. But I I don't like the comparisons to CM Punk's pipe bomb. And that's not because I'm biased about CM Punk. I feel like... I know the comparisons are so fucking obvious, but I personally feel like Punk's pipe bomb was respective to what was going on in 2011. Much like MJF's pipe bomb is respective to what's going on in 2022. So I don't necessarily see the comparison because it was both, it was respective to what the fuck was going on during their respective times. But I see the similarities. I just don't see the comparisons. Like, I, I don't agree with the comparisons. Not that I don't see the comparisons and I don't see the similarities. Because it literally was, if not a shot-for-shot, script-for-script remake of Punk's Pipe Bomb. But, I just, I, the comparisons, I, I don't, I disagree with. Because I feel like... We we can acknowledge that both pipe bombs were good without comparing them. Because MJF is one of the smartest people, if not wrestlers, on the AEW roster. And... Any slander that I have said about MJF has not been legit. Because I, one, have never slandered MJF in a serious way. Um, but just in terms of his character and his gimmick... And the way that he is just redefining what it means to be a heel. He is so fucking smart. Like, I that is a smart man. I just barely see him wrestle. And when he does wrestle, he, he is good. I just, I barely see it. And that's not me saying he's a bad wrestler. Because I literally, literally just said he's a good wrestler but just in terms of his character that for me why why I like MJF that for me like his character is why I like him because he's just so fucking smart in how he like it's like inception I can't explain it but it like the it's like inception Because it blurs the lines between, like, is this serious or is this storyline? You can never tell, and that's why I love it. It's overwhelming, but that's why I fucking love it, and that's why I think he's so fucking smart. Because, especially for his gimmick, you can say that you're better than somebody but have nothing to show for it as well, too. 
And again, that's not me slandering him, but like, you know how we never see him wrestle. I've I've definitely said this on the podcast before, but you know, I have to repeat myself as usual. I've definitely said this before, but in terms of gimmick, to brag about being better than someone but having nothing to show for it, that just adds to his heel persona. And that, I'm not and again, not saying MJF is a bad wrestler. He's not a bad wrestler. He's just so fucking smart in terms of his character. Like, his character is just so mesmerizing to me in the way that he just blurs the lines. I would just like to see him wrestle more. But I don't know where this is going. In terms of his character and his storyline. Which is why I'm so compelled. But yeah. There you go. What else was I? I'm like going between two. Two different notes. Because I had more to add. But the bulk of my notes were in my Google Drive. And I had like more to add. So I just typed it all on my phone notes. So I'm reading between the two and it's kind of like overwhelming. But, um. AEW's long form storytelling never misses. I'm not even going to lie to you. Even if they drop the ball with their long form storytelling, they never miss with it. Because when Hangman won the title like a year to the day or like the year to the time frame where he lost it again even though he was kind of boring as a champion the long form storytelling to have him win I can appreciate that um I just feel like had had Kenny still been there to kind of air his grievances about losing the title and like their few like if obviously Kenny Omega was injured and had to get a bunch of surgeries and recover and all that stuff he's obviously going to be out for a while but if we take the fact that he was injured and needed recovery time out of the equation if we take that out of the equation had he still been there to like air his grievances and still kind of continue his feud with Hangman it would have probably added something to his reign Because it just, when Kenny just disappeared after Hangman won, it felt like something was missing immediately. Like, I would would absolutely love to see Kenny Omega feud with all these people who have shown up since he's been out, you know? But I think, I'm realizing that Hangman Page's reign was so boring to me is that Kenny Omega just wasn't there to kind of help him cap it off. But also, he had to heal all those injuries too, so there's that. And also, one one last point that I want to make, because it's just... It just annoys the fuck out of me, but um, I try really hard to stay out of wrestlers' personal lives, because it's not my place. But... With Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, 
there is a huge difference between showing off your relationship and being super obnoxious about it. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Because I am tired. I am so tired. And I'm not saying that I want them to break up. But there, there's a limit. And it can be brought down. That's all I'm going to say. Now, I love tag team wrestling in both tag team matches from this week. The men's and the women's fucking delivered. I love that shit. I loved every bit about all those matches this week. Um, But I have to say that my favorite feud of all time is... Tony Schiavone and Jade Cargill because his reaction when he was trying to interview Athena and Jade came out and immediately said Tony cut the shit I was fucking crying like that I that's my favorite feud right now that is my favorite fucking feud right now in wrestling um but Stokely and Jade, that is going to be a top-tier pairing. And I hope that it brings me closer to my future Chris Statlander-Jade Cargill match. Because as much as I love Athena, and I know she is so hopeful in beating Jade Cargill. I want Chris to beat the streak. I, I I feel like nobody else but Chris can beat the streak, but I hate that they're probably going to have Chris and Red Velvet feud. I don't think I'm ever going to get what I want from Tony Khan. Um, but yeah, um, I'm very excited to see where that feud is going to go regardless. I'm very excited to see that both Athena and Stokely are both in AEW. He is going to be better representation for Jade than Mark Sterling ever was. Because Mark Sterling was kind of fucking annoying to me. I feel like she could have been represented so much better and I'm glad that she has been. Or she is now. Um... But, I'm trying to see what else, what else? I'm like, trying not to skip over anything. Trying not to skip over anything, so I'm trying to see if I, did I miss anything? We talked about the pipe bomb. We talked about the tag team matches. Um, blood and fucking guts. Alright. You, you already know I went on that 15-20 minute tangent on Anarchy in the Arena. 
Now they're gonna give me blood and guts. You serious? I'm so fucking excited. Like, I'm not really as excited for hair versus hair. But, blood and guts, I'm there. I'm so fucking excited. Also, where has Wheeler Yuta been in the midst of all of this? Like, uh, I would have loved to see him get in on some anarchy in the arena. I hope they didn't drop the ball with that storyline either. But, um, either way, I am very fucking excited for... Very, very, very fucking excited for Anarchy in the Arena. Or not Anarchy, Blood and Guts, not Anarchy in the Arena. Hair versus hair, I genuinely think is a stupid fucking match. I That is one of the dumbest fucking match gimmicks ever, in my opinion. Um, the Gun Club and Acclaimed Alliance is, I like it. I love stupidity in wrestling, the comedic relief. I'm loving it. I love this. And I hope that it leads to an eventual match down the line with the Acclaimed and Gun Club, because I feel like that's where it's going. Billy Gunn is just going to cause a divide between everybody. And it's going to lead to a match between the Acclaimed and the Gun Club. That's all. That's where it's going to go, obviously. Well, all of the tag team matches were really good. Okay, we're talking about MJF. Oh yeah, Johnny Elite and Miro's return. I fucking missed Miro. It just, I, it's not exactly Kenny Omega coming back to us, but it's Miro, and I feel like he could add something to the, add something back to the TNT title division. I want to see him fight Scorpio Sky for the title. But if not, I would love to see Miro be built up strong in his return. But I like that. Oh, could you imagine if Miro aligned himself with Kingston? The BCC and Santana and Ortiz, and he got in on that blood and guts shit. Fuck, bro. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I don't know why I don't remember Jurassic Express in the Young Bucks fighting. I don't remember that match. I watched it, but I, why do I not remember remember it? 
Wardlow, I, they, okay, now that we have separated Wardlow from the shackles of MJF, can we showcase him as something greater than just a powerbomb machine? I feel like he is being limited to just his power bombs, which the power bomb symphony was something that I feel like if it was dragged out, it was going to start to become stale. And I feel like it's at a point where it's like Wardlow is synonymous with power bombs, which is we I want to see more than like um, they're they are impressive power bombs. Don't get me wrong, but I I want to see more than just the. I want to see more than just power bombs from Wardlow, especially now that he's on his own, separate from MJF. So. Yeah. But yeah, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho really liked that match. Really hate that it's not showcasing or setting up feuds for anyone else in the match that isn't Ruby or Britt. I feel like Jamie Hayter could be built up to someone bigger than just being Britt Baker's sidekick. Like, she expressed interest in joining the Blackpool Combat Club. Let her in! She can still show up for Britt here and there, but, like, for her to branch out on her own... Well, I want her to be built up on her own, but I think what I'm really meaning to say is that she can do... More than just being Brit's sidekick. Her tag team partner, you know? Really throw her, throw her in there with the Blackpool Combat Club. Like, for real. It doesn't stop her alliance with Brit, but just to see her outside of Brit Baker, you know? But, yeah, I'm gonna... I'd, don't necessarily want to see Ruby and Britt in yet another feud because I feel like Ruby and Britt have been feuding for as long as I've been doing this podcast. And then finally, Moxley and Daniel Garcia. A1. I'm actually really loving the I'm really loving um the whole feud with the Blackpool Combat Club and the like the pro wrestlers versus sports entertainers feud. Like that we're going to we're going to call it that because there's so many fucking names. Like this feud is currently one of my favorites because it's it's Sometimes you just want a simple, cut the bullshit, let's fucking fight feud, you know? Just like you want a horror movie where it's like, cut the shit, I just want to see people get chopped up. 
cut the shit. I just want to see people fight. That's all I want to see in my pro wrestling. And that's what I fucking love. That they are pushing each other to the fucking limit. And I am so fucking excited for Blood and Guts. You have no idea. Like, if Anarchy... If... if Anarchy in the arena was something. I know Blood and Guts is about to be something fucking else. Alright. No fucking joke. I'm excited. Very, very excited. But, um... That's all I got for you guys this week. Sorry, it's a short episode. But next week, there will be more to discuss. In regards to Dynamite and potentially Rampage, because I do plan on watching it. And, yeah, I'll catch you guys on the flip side, and see you next week.